Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast with Aaron Crowley. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators. I'm recording this on January 1st, 2021. Happy New Year. Now, I want to take a moment here and just mention the choice that we have. Many, many people. In fact, I got a text from somebody this morning. Good guy, good business guy, but he sent me this meme uh, and it was it was like everything else right now, this negative sort of it's assumed that 2020 was a disaster. Let's get this over with. 2020 can't end soon enough. What a terrible year. I can't wait for 2021 to begin or hopefully 2021 is better. There's just been a generally negative view of 2020. Now, understandably so. It's been a tough year, the pandemic. You know, just obviously there was reasons for that. But But may I take a moment and suggest that we not let the collective negativity, pessimism, and cynicism affect our ability to see, number one, all that we have to be thankful for from last year and all that is before us in this coming year. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, I I think it's true. Most people are saying the fundamentals are strong. Housing is really strong because there's a lack of it. And so it's it's reasonable to expect that for people in the home building category, i.e. stone fabrication, it's going to be a good year. But here's the risk. If we let that negativity, if we let that mindset, that perspective of, oh, man, I'm glad last year was over. Hope this year's better. If we let that creep in, the risk is, is that we miss the opportunities that are in front of us. Because remember, as I've been saying, as I've been learning, as I've been sharing, what we think, what we believe, our mindset, it shapes how we feel. How we feel dictates what we do, and what we do, the actions that we take are what produce the results that we get in the business and out of the business. What is also true, the things that we don't do will also produce results. Now, sometimes they're good because we avoid doing things we need to avoid, and thus we have a good result. But a lot of times, the risk, the tendency, the possibility is is that we avoid doing things that we must do, and then we don't have the results that we want or that we need. So I just want to say... May I, may I take this opportunity? Will you give me permission, fellow fabricators, ladies and gentlemen, to suggest we begin this year choosing to have an optimistic, forward-thinking, purposeful, intentional, consciously aware mindset, believing that there's great opportunity awaiting us in 2020 if we're willing to take the massive action that is necessary to see those opportunities realized, to see us achieve our maximum, our full potential in and outside the business. Now, that being said, what we do produces results, but what we don't do can also produce results. And that's what I want to talk about today. Thinking about this, <laughs> I remembered, and by the way, the, the, the title of this, the topic here, first week in the stone business. Now, I'm not talking about the first week of 2021, which begins today. I'm talking about my first week in the stone business, in the stone industry. Began few years ago, actually way back in 1993, I want to tell you a quick story that I think relates very well to this topic of what we don't do, being aware that there's a risk of not doing certain things that we need to do to achieve the things that we want. So 1993, junior in high school, doing my thing, minding my own business, working at the gas station, and I got fired. I'm not going to go into that, but now my parents were like devastated because in Oregon, Gas station attendant is about the the lowest job you can. It's 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 that's not to demean any other jobs, but you know maybe your perception of being a janitor isn't necessarily that's not to demean being a janitor. But I mean, 
It's like the lowest job. It's the lowest entry-level job that you can possibly get in the economy in Oregon. And because the legislature here forever has thought that Oregonians are too inept to, to be trusted with pumping their own gas, you know, gas stations are required to hire gas station attendants who take the money and put the nozzle in the tank and, you know, whatever. So anyway, I get fired. My parents are aghast at this development like there's no hope if you're, you get fired from a gas station. Oh, Lord. Anyway, they said uh, my parents didn't believe in not working, and they basically said, you will have a job, so get to work and find a job. So my first lead actually was my dad's friend. He, uh, My dad's best friend owned a contract, uh, electrical contracting business. He was an electrician, and he had great relationship with the, uh, the Platt Electric, the supply house, and he said, hey, Head down there. I'll tell them you're coming. Ask them for a job. I know them really well. They'll give you a job. So I get dressed up. I, you know, I go in there all professional and I present myself to the the, the counter or the manager. And I said, my uh, my dad's friend. So I said, I should come down here. You were probably expecting me. Um, well, they weren't expecting me and they weren't hiring. They're like, get out of here. Who are you? Out. So I leave the uh, the office of this. Platt Electric Supply House, and it's in a business park. And so, no joke, ladies and gentlemen, I literally walked out the door, and I just took a left, and I walked to the the, the business next door. There was an open door. There was an awning over the top. I walk into the reception area. I don't even look up at the sign to see what the business is. It didn't matter. It's like, I got to have a job. There's this gal sitting at the, the transaction counter, and there's this guy in a nice suit standing at the copier, and I walk in, and I say, you know, I'm looking for a summer job. I just was curious if you had any openings for any positions. And uh, the guy at the copy machine, who consequently turned out to be the president of the MIA a few years ago. So he, anyway, he was the owner of this big stone company. He turns around and goes, we happen to be hiring. Here's an application. So I fill out the application. Next thing you know, I'm being hired as a helper in a granite countertop shop. And my parents are like, what is a granite? What's a granite counter? I'm like, I'm, it's, I have no idea. But anyway, there's a, they make things out of granite down here at this shop and I'm now employed. So thank you. So I begin my career, my first week in the stone business, 1993. Nobody I know has ever heard of a granite countertop. So it's all new. So my job in this stone shop was basically to be a helper. Back then, very little automation. Everything was fabricated by hand. Everything was ground, shaped, polished by hand. There were no routers you know, that went on the countertop. There were no CNC routers that could put the profile on it or whatnot, um, although there was a CNC, which I will get to here in a moment. So my job was to help the fabricators, and I just went around all day helping put pieces up. They'd polish them, put them down. Back and forth, the Sawyer, the same thing. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was sweeping the floor or cleaning out the slurry tanks. So um, one of my other jobs was to hose off the table for this CNC machine that they had. Now, if, if your shop or if you have a CNC, um, right now put that picture that you have out of your mind. This is 1993, almost 30 years ago. This CNC wasn't even a stoneworking CNC. Park Industries, as I recall had converted for this shop a Bernie 5 plasma cutter, which was a CNC machine for cutting steel. And they had somehow bolted on a motor with a spindle to run these like finger bits that oscillated up and down. And it didn't work, honestly. And it didn't put profiles on it. Did the, the most basic milling of like arcs was about all this thing could do. Could hardly even cut sinks out. But anyway, that, this thing was running and my job was to hose off this table um, when the pieces were done so the operator could load the next piece. Now, in this shop, they had not cut 
like drains into the floor to catch the, the, the slurry in the water um, to recirculate it. They had taken cinder block or CMU block and they had built essentially a dam around the, the fabrication area. So the saw, the big saw, this quote unquote <laughs> CNC, and then the finishing area were all within this, this dammed off area. And then around the machines, because they didn't want you standing in, you know, two inches of slurry and muck, um, they built these wooden platforms up. So they were kind of like a, a a deck in a sort. But you, the perspective I'm trying to give you is that you're sort of at an elevated position relative to this CNC. You're kind of looking down at the table. And on the other side of the CNC was the finishing area. And so this one day, with this within the first week, first couple of days I'm working at this, <laughs> this stone shop, um, hosing off the, the the big granite table for the CNC and um, a lot of water pressure. They had this big like recirculation system, and so there's a lot of volume, a lot of water coming through this hose, and it slipped. And I mean, the time you just you couldn't have made this up. I accidentally, when I slipped, the hose kind of comes up, and because I'm looking down at the CNC, when it comes up level with me, it shoots this huge stream of water over the other side of the CNC and just douses this fabricator who had his back to me. He's got his you know, head or his ear muffs on. He's polishing away the, the, the scream of the air polisher. And I just drenched this guy with the hose in a split second. Now, in this split second, before he had time to turn around to find out you know, who was hosing him down, I panic. It's like involuntary reaction, completely... Um, just instinct. I, I I panic and I duck down behind the edge of the CNC where he couldn't where he couldn't see me, and and it was like it happened before I even knew what I was doing. And then I'm like, so I'm like, oh, now what? I, the polisher goes off, you know, and and I'm I'm crouched down behind the CNC. I've got this big hose in my hand, and I'm like, what do I do now? Okay, he's he's probably he's probably wondering who just squirted him with this hose. Okay, I'll just wait him out. You know, eventually he'll turn his polisher back on, and and then I'll know that he's back to work, and I can stand up and go, you know, commence hosing off the table. But then the, it like starts to get to me, and it's like the the pressure, the the this distress of this situation. I'm a brand new employee at this company. I'm 17 years old. There's all these old, dusty, crusty stone cutters. Rough crowd. I'll get to that here in a minute. And uh, I got I gotta I gotta at least see. If I, I'm, I'm going to see if he at least is looking for me right now. So I very slowly start to lift my head up, and I'm just peering over, just like my eyeballs, just over the edge of the, the rail for the CNC bridge, and the guy's looking right at me. So I look guilty as all get out, even though I, it was a complete accident. I'm like, oh, he saw me. And so I slowly stand up, and I'm, I'm facing this guy, and he is pissed. So this guy's name was Eddie. He was a short, very stocky, very muscular guy. He would wear those wife beaters in the. Uh, he had just these huge arms. This is no joke. The, back then, we were the only shop that did three cm at the time. This is the, almost thirty years ago, but everything we did was three cm. So he would take like six by six inch chunks of three cm, and he would tape those to the top of what we called the big boy grinder, the big giant silver Dewalt grinders that we'd put cup wheels on for shaping edges. And the big silicon carbide wheels that we would then you know, straighten the edges out with. He would he would tape granite scraps to that thing just so that he could get more of a workout when he was grinding. And, and he was huge. He just was very strong, very menacing looking. And he had I remember he had this goatee, and he's looking right at me like, 
I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get you. And he's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, uh, I, I, was, I swear it was an accident. My hand slipped. I was hosing off the table and it slipped. I'm sorry. And he, of course, I looked so guilty, hiding behind the CNC, ducking down behind, and then peering up. I mean, it, understandably, he thought I had squirted him on purpose and was playing some kind of a game. And he's like, what is this? You know, you, you brand new employee. Well, this is a business where, and you're out here hosing people down and hiding. I mean, what are you doing? He was really upset, and I honestly thought he was gonna, uh, I was gonna get beat up right there on the shop floor, which, as it turned out, was not an unlikely event in that enterprise in that business. I found out very shortly thereafter, myself and one other guy in the shop whose name also happened to be Aaron. Aaron and I, the two Aarons, were the only two employees in that shop of I don't know ten, twelve, fifteen guys fabricators and installers who had never spent a night in jail so it was a it was a pretty rough environment pretty rough crowd and i thought this guy's gonna take me out man he's gonna he's gonna beat me up now as it turned out he didn't and i became friends with that guy i ended up working for that company for five years i worked there all through my senior year and for four more years before i went out and started my own stone shop so what does that have to do with what we don't do in the business producing results or, or, or not producing results. Well, here's, here's the point. That reflex, that instinct to duck, to hide, <laughs> to be paralyzed, scrunched down, hiding behind something, hoping that someone doesn't see, hoping that the situation you know resolves itself, I think is so reflective of challenges that we face. Very, very often, I think it's subconscious. It's not that we purposefully avoid dealing with things. It's not that we consciously don't do like I am making the conscious decision not to do this. I think in our subconscious, when there is difficult work to do or work that's difficult for us to do or it's situations that need to be resolved in the business, outside of the business, whatever the situation may be, our our natural sort of instinctive default... <laughs> response the reflex is to duck it's to hide it's to in some cases become paralyzed just hoping oh maybe if i ignore this maybe if i just avoid this long enough it'll go away maybe if i hide behind this cnc long enough the guy will just go oh well it must just been water out of the sky and go back to polishing no there are things in the business that we have got to do if we want to achieve what we want to achieve in the business, there are some challenges that just simply have to be faced and overcome. They've got to be resolved so that the business can continue. The work that we're doing can continue. The objectives that we have set out to accomplish are accomplished. And yet this human, we're human. Our instinct, our reflex is oftentimes to avoid in the subconscious, hoping that that situation takes care of itself. But ladies and gentlemen, as we look at 2021, as we look forward over the next 12 months and all that that holds for us, all the opportunity that we have before us, is there something, are there things, is there a situation, are there actions that you maybe have compartmentalized, you've maybe set aside, pushed aside, let yourself get focused on other things because it's it's something you like to do better, it's something that's easier to do, it's something that distracts you from the difficulty of facing these other situations, these other actions that need to be taken but maybe haven't been. Have you been ducking? Have you been hiding? Have you been paralyzed into inaction? 
Now, I, I say that with great compassion because I am speaking to myself, fellow fabricators, ladies and gentlemen. There are things in the business. In fact, a couple of days ago, this very, very same emotion was beginning to bubble to the surface. We, we were just putting our budgets together for 2021, somewhat of a stretch goal. Put the forecast in there. Like, we're going to have to really work to see this happen. Instead of just hoping, my instinct is to say, well, maybe the economy will just expand to the point that we don't have to do this hard work of lead generation, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know, that's always been my Achilles heel. It's always been the thing I've tried to avoid. It's been the thing I've experienced the most pain in, the most failure, the most difficulty in. And so my instinct is to go, wow, we've set these pretty, um, they're stretch goals. Now I've got a choice. Do I just duck and hide and hope that the economy carries the day and that that's that situation, the necessary quote volume to feed the sales, to feed the schedule and hit the budgets. Do I just hope that the economy takes care of that? Maybe I can just ignore it and, and everything will work out in the end. And I'm like, no, it, that, that's, that's the old way of thinking. That's the old way I used to approach lead generation. And it dawned on me, I've got to be intentional. There are things that I have to do. So I started out, I've got this right here. It's my list of 20, I was called 20 things. Okay, there's probably 20 things that I can do, actively do. Massive action, minimal action, but actions that I can take in the business that will inevitably produce the lead volume that we need to provide the sales volume we need to hit the budgets that we've established for 2021. And I'm at nine. And I'm starting to run out of things to do. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm, uh, I got to somehow come up with 11 more actions that we can take that will significantly and directly impact in a positive way our lead volume to support the business and support the forecast that we've put into the budget. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I say this to myself as much as I share it with you. Our instinct, our reflex, our human nature, it, it, by default, the risk is to duck. The risk is to hide. The risk is to avoid hoping in our subconscious, maybe in our consciousness, that if we just ignore it long enough, it'll take care of itself or it'll go away. But man, if we're going to accomplish the most, if we're going to realize the maximum potential, if we're going to achieve and realize what we're truly capable of in 2021 in our own professional development, in the performance of the business, and in our lives outside of the business, ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be some things we're going to have to do that we might otherwise avoid. And I just want to encourage you. I want to just leave you with this thought. If it's you know, maybe not obvious right now, take some time to think about this. Is there anything that you've been avoiding? Was there anything in 2021 you managed to escape, you managed to avoid entirely, but you know deep down when you stop and think about it, here's an employee I got to address. Here's a supplier I got to take care of. Here's a customer that we're going to have to deal with. Here's a financial situation that we're going to have to resolve. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be willing to stand up, <laughs> own it. I squirted you in the back and I'm sorry. How do I make this right? We've got to avoid the ducking and the hiding and the paralyzation and the inaction. If we're going to make the most of this year, we got to take action. And so ladies and gentlemen, no matter what it is that you are setting out to do, do it with hope and expectation. Do it with the belief that it is entirely possible for you to accomplish anything in your business this year. So long as you're willing to take the actions necessary to produce those results. And similarly, 
There may be things that you're going to have to do that you would otherwise rather avoid. But you know deep down that if you avoid them, 2021 is not going to be all that it could be. And so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity. I am so excited about 2021. All indications are that this is going to be a year to make it happen. And so I am optimistic and I am excited about sharing this year with you here on the Fab Lab podcast. So make sure you tune in next week. Make sure you have a happy new year today and happy fabricating.